Hey, Priest Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message begins our brand new series, Reach, with Pastor Omar Lopez. And in this message, the title is Reach. Um, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount. And then check out our website at PriestChapelParamount.com. It has loads of information and, and resources for you. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. We welcome all of you here today. We're glad you're in the house of God. Are you glad you're in the house of God today? Why don't you turn to someone and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. And so we're so glad you're here today. We welcome all of those online, number of people that are online today. And we're just glad you're here today. We're going to have a wonderful time. And I'm looking forward to this new series, Reach. Say Reach. Reach. And there's something about that word reach all of us are familiar with is when you're reaching, it's uncomfortable, right? And you ever try to reach for something when you're sitting down somewhere and you have to reach up to, or reach up to get a, a coffee cup or something? How I many of you can just, you know, pull something, a muscle if you're older like me, you know, you're trying to. But this morning, we're going to start this series on reach. And the message I'm going to minister is reach. I'm going to start it off with reach. And uh, next week, it'll be uh, Restore and Release. And what we're doing, just to let you know, we're revising or we're updating our mission statement, our vision statement, which was Win, Build, Sin, and we're turning it into, listen to me, Reach, Restore, Release. Is that all right? And we wanted to update it. And I believe this morning, that's what the gospel is, that, that we're trying to reach people for the gospel. We're trying to restore them back into this, uh, restore them back as sons and daughters of God to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And we want to release them into the kingdom of God to fulfill their God-given purpose. And so we want to reach, they reach, restore, and release. And so I'm going to pray this morning. Before I do, I'm going to read this scripture right here out of the book of Acts, and it says a wonderful thing. It says, God's message continued to spread and to reach people. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the people of God that are here. I pray today that you'll minister to every person sitting in this building. Lord, wherever they're at spiritually, wherever they're at right now in their lives, I pray today, God, that your word is going to reach them that you're going to reach down deep into their soul and their heart today. And Lord, speak to them and help them, strengthen them today, Lord, empower them and let them know that you're with them, God. I pray, God, for your strength and grace. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word and that the people of God would hear the, the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. Come on, say, the, say amen. Amen. And again, when I I think about the word reach, I'm thinking about uncomfortable. I'm thinking about uh, not getting out of that relaxed mode. And so all the time, God had been trying to reach us. Aren't Aren't you glad that God reached you? And so before God reached us, I want you to realize that all of us were lost. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment because many times we don't realize we're lost. How many have ever lost anything in your life? You ever lost, lost some car keys or some eyeglasses or ever lost a kid? No, I'm just kidding. But have you, have you ever lost, a, have you ever lost your wallet? 
I mean, that's frustrating. Uh, there's, there's somebody in here that's, uh, that I know very well that lost their wallet. And they lost it for two and a half years. Two and a half years. And I began to ask them, where's this wallet? How do you know it's lost? How do you know that? Or how do you know somebody had them picked it up? Because, no, I've lost it somewhere in my house or in my car. I go, how, how do you know that? He goes, because no one's tried to use the debit card. No one's tried to use the Starbucks card. And if nobody's tried to use the Starbucks card, you, somebody hasn't found it yet, right? And, and so he says, but I've looked all over my house, and I just can't. He looked everywhere, in between the cushions, uh, you know, behind the couch, uh, you know, every every coat, you know, you know, did I leave it in the coat in the closet? Uh, did I leave it somewhere in the car, you know, between the seats, under the seats, in the trunk, wherever? He looked everywhere, and this past December, right before Christmas, he found his wallet. And he called me, goes, I found my wallet. And, and the reason why it was so important, of course, we, we could replace the driver's license and the credit card. But he said, I had $300 in there. I just withdrew. And he goes, I got $300 for Christmas. <laughs> could you imagine the celebration of that, how happy he was? And, and I told him, so where was it? He goes, you know, there's a drawer, a little drawer in our kitchen where we keep all the plastic bags. Because now those things are hard, right? You have to, they're a dime each, right? So he goes, I keep those plastic bags in there. And somehow my wife started cleaning the kitchen and, 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 you know, doing some things, cleaning out some things. So she cleaned out that drawer and all the way in the back was that wallet. And I said, man, I, I deserve some of that money. I prayed for you. So, um, you know, when you lose something, it, it, it's something that you want to find. And here's what Jesus said. I love what he said. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. And there's actually a whole chapter that I'm not going to be able to read to you today, but I want you to go home when you get a chance and read this chapter. It's Luke chapter 15, and it is the lost and found chapter of the Bible. In fact, 10 times it mentions lost and 10 times it mentions found. I don't know if you've ever been up to a place or maybe at your school or your company or I know in LAX, they have the lost and found department. And that's where someone you've lost, especially in LAX, you lose your luggage and you go to the lost and found and there it is, or hopefully somebody found it for you. Uh, we, we have a lost and found here sometimes and people don't claim it and we just, we just give your stuff away to Goodwill, wherever we could do. I, we don't know what, what to do with it. And oftentimes, it's the lost and found. But in this particular chapter, Jesus is describing people as being lost and found. And there are three stories in this book here, in this chapter, Luke chapter 15, that Jesus begins to give us a picture of. And one of them is the picture of a lost coin, okay, or a lost sheep, I should say, and a lost coin and a lost son. And the Bible tells us that God represents the shepherd in the story looking for the lost sheep. He, looking, he represents the woman in the story looking for the lost coin. And he represents God the Father looking for his lost son. The first story, again, I'm just going to kind of give you a summary of it because we don't have time to read each story. But the first one talks about a shepherd that has some sheep. And he loses one of the sheep, and he goes, he leaves the 99 looking 
for that lost sheep. Now, you have to understand, shepherds take care of their sheep, and they count their sheep. I know we count them when we go to sleep, but this guy is actually counting his sheep. And, uh, you know, uh, if you're ever, you know, if you ever seen these shepherds, they're looking for sheep or they're taking care of the sheep and, you know, these little uh, cotton balls all over the field there. And, and he's, uh, you know, uh, sheep could get lost very quickly. Think about sheep is they're very vulnerable and they need protection. And these sheep can get lost very quickly. They can just kind of wander off. And so the Bible talks about how this shepherd he begins to uh, gather his sheep at night. They put him in the pen, not the penitentiary, but the pen, the sheep pen. And uh, they put him in the sheep pen. And as they're, as they're going to the sheep pen, uh, these shepherds are so keen that they count their sheep. And the Bible gives us the illustration that he begins to count them, you know, and one, two, three, and he gets all the way to 98, 99. And he noticed he doesn't have the last one, the 100 sheep. And so the Bible says he leaves those sheep in the pen and he goes looking everywhere over hills looking for that sheep. And when he finds it, he comes back rejoicing. He's celebrating that he found the one. He found that one lost sheep. And then the story talks about, the second story talks about a woman who has these coins. In fact, she has 10 valuable coins and the scripture says that somehow she loses one of those coins. And she's looking everywhere, like this guy was looking for the wallet, in the sofa cushions, uh, turning the house upside down. You've ever done that where you're just looking for everywhere. And somehow she finds the coin uh, down in the floor furnace, uh, all the way down to the bottom. You ever lost something there? I'm just making it up. But she finds the coin, this one valuable coin, and the Bible says she calls her neighbors. She gets everybody together. She goes on Instagram and she's riding a skateboard and on TikTok and it goes viral. And she found her lost coin. She's excited. I made all that up, but she's excited over the lost coin. And she's calling all her neighbors and she's celebrating. And then the last story is the story of the lost son. And most of us know the story of the prodigal son. And what the word prodigal means is wasteful, or it means reckless. This is why the story is named the prodigal son. And of course, you know the story. There is a man or father that has two sons, and the youngest son decides that, you know what, he wants to do his own thing. He decides that, you know what, I, I don't want to live under the, these roofs anymore. How many of you ever had a, don't raise your hand, but you've had one of those kids, right? Those young kids, they just think they know everything. They don't even, they don't even know what it is to pay for their own toilet paper, buy their own toothpaste. They haven't even learned how to pay their bills yet, but they've already done everything. They've done it all, seen it all. And so I know you don't have one like that, but here this kid, he decides he's going to do his own thing. He said, dad, this is boring around here. There's nothing but work. I need to leave, right? And so he tells his dad, I can't wait for you to die. I need my inheritance right now. What an insult. You know, you're not dying to, you're not dying soon enough for me. So I need my inheritance. So he takes his inheritance. And of course, he, he leaves and basically he goes and he spends it all. He goes to Vegas. No, he goes to Jerusalem, the Sunset Strip, and he goes there and he wastes all of his money. And the Bible says he spends his money on uh, 
uh, on uh, really bad things, he, on women, on wine, and he's just having a great time. And every he's got all kinds of friends. How many know when you got money and you're wasting it, you'll get all kinds of friends. The leeches will show up. Am I right? The, the vipers will show up. Uh, the bloodsuckers will show up. But the minute you run out of money, the leeches are gone. You heard, amen. He, he knows what I'm talking about over there. They're gone. They're not around. All your friends that you had because you ran out of money. And the Bible says he left to himself trying to find his way around. And he finally is hired by somebody to take care of pig, feeding pigs on a farm. Pig slot. Bible says that he's so hungry and starving that he almost wants to eat some of those pig slops or some of that food that he's feeding them, he's broke, busted, and disgusted. Am I right? And it's there he finally gets his mind. Now, understand this. The Jew, Jewish kid or any Jewish person is not even supposed to be around pigs, let alone feeding pigs. But finally, he gets a moment where he has this aha moment, and he says, you know what? Why am I feeding all of these pigs? Why am I starving? He goes, my father has servants that live better than me. The little house they rent, man, is better than where I'm at right now. They wear better clothes than me. They're well more, they're taken care of. At least they have food. He goes, I'm going to go back to my father's house and I'm going to tell him, I'm going to repent of my stupidity. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to repent of my nonsense and I'm going to come back to my father and just tell him to hire me as his servant. And he comes back, and he's running back, and he has this humble attitude. He's finally got rid of his pride. And, of course, he's probably coming, and he's smelling, and, he, you know, he's been in pig slop. He's probably smelling like, you ever been to, by Farmer John and Vernon? He's coming. He's got that stench on him. Literally, he's coming. And what does the father do? The father doesn't say, get out of here. I don't want you. The father gives him a big bear hug puts a ring on his finger, puts shoes on his feet, and he says, my son was lost, but now he's found. He said, man, put my signet ring on him. Basically, the signet ring with the credit card, and he could spend that money. And I want to say to you, the common denominator of all of these three stories is when you are found, there's a celebration, and there's a rejoicing. Rejoicing. There's a giant celebration. That's why Jesus came, he said, to seek and to save that which is lost. See, all of us are spiritually lost when we're not when we're not connected with God. When we're away from God, we are spiritually lost. We're out of alignment. We're out of whack. We're not in relationship with God. When you're lost and you're away from God spiritually, it feels like God's a million miles away. And to a degree, you are because you're not connected with him. You're not in alignment with him. You don't have the presence of God because you've been disconnected by your disobedience. But here's the good news is God is seeking out for you. He's looking for you. I said he's looking for you. I kind of shared this story. I think I did share this story, but I have to share it anyway. And, and this was years ago. I was probably around eight years old, 
And my mom and my aunt and uncle decided that they wanted to go to the Million Dollar in downtown L.A. That the Million Dollar Theater. Not They didn't have a million dollars. That was the Million Dollar Theater. And there was a movie, and, and they were going to have a guest. And the star of the movie was Vicente Fernandez. Man, he was going to be singing. And, yeah, some of you guys know who Vicente Fernandez is. So we all went, you know, my mom took us and they, 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 he was, they, they were, uh, uh, basically debuting his uh, movie and he was going to sing a few songs. And so there was a long line. I remember waiting there. I think my brother George is here. So he kind of remembers the story. And I went, uh, uh, w- there with my mom and dad or with my mom and my aunt and my uncle. And they, we, and you know, by the time we got there, we we're sitting in the back, you know, but we were able to see Vicente Fernandez. He was singing, uh, he was a lot younger then, and and, and uh, they were so excited. We watched the movie. I don't even remember what the movie, how it went, whatever it was. But I remember as we were walking out, it occurred to my aunt and my mom that the crowd was so big as they were leaving, another crowd was coming in. And my mom and my aunt said, if we jump in that line, we'll get up in the front. You know, come on, you know how you think. And they'll never know there's such a crowd going on. Right. And so, I mean, this is shifting. I mean, in just in second, they're saying we can jump in line. We'll be all the way to the front. Nobody knows everything's happening. So my mom tells my uncle, take take Omar with you. And so, you know, she said, take me with him. And, and my uncle said, yeah, OK. And then I said, no, but, you know, so in the thing, I'm like, but what are you going, mom? And, you know, the whole thing, it's a, a bunch of confusion going on because I'm going, wait a minute. How come I'm going with my uncle? What's happening? So my uncle then thinks that I'm going with my mom. My mom then thinks that I'm going with my uncle. And in the shuffle of all the crowd, my uncle goes out the door. My mom and my aunt go into the theater. And there's just a crowd of people. But I'm lost. I don't know where to go. I'm trying to find my mom. I mean, this is a big old crowd. The theater is dark. I mean, all kinds of stuff is happening. And people are moving in. People are shuffling. They're, they want to hear it be sent for Fernandez. They don't care about this kid right here. true true story i'm not bitter but i'm just telling you today but i know how it feels to be lost i was lost that day i blame vicente fernandez amen and i finally it cured to me that there's no i don't know where to go my uncle's gone i mean there's the crowd i mean just a crowd and you're eight years old i mean the crowd just everywhere every you go out it was everywhere so i finally found a police officer See, when you're lost, you got to know who can save you. You got to go to a savior, right? And that police officer said, what's the matter, son? And I told him what happened, and he took me inside the theater. And thank God, at eight years old, I knew my home phone number. I know some of you people don't even know what a home phone is. But back then, there was only one phone. There was no cell phone. And I called, and my uncle showed up, and everybody showed up. And, and by the time they showed up... This is funny. They only wanted to see him singing. So as my uncle and my, uh, my brother and everybody showed up to pick me up at the theater, my mom and my aunt come walking out. Everybody's there. And they're saying, what happened? I was lost, you know, and I'm crying. You know how it goes. You got to throw on the tears, man. Make them feel bad. The great thing is when you're found, there's a celebration. So... So, so here you can write this down. When you're lost, you lose your sense of direction. 
And again, I, I was using the sheep in that first story in Luke chapter 15, how these sheep uh, lose their sense of direction. In other words, the nature of sheep is to wander off. They love to wander off. They, they will tend to wander off on their own. And it's the same way with the nature of human beings. We tend to wander away from God. You ever have a kid like that that just wanders off? As soon as you get to the store, they're gone. It's like, where, what happened to that kid? Where is he at? You know, you're always looking for that guy. And I, I see people running around the mall all the time looking for these kids. And they're just not paying attention. They just wander off. They just kind of go away. And yet the Bible said that's us. Isaiah 53, 6 said all of us have strayed away just like lost sheep. So the Bible compares us to lost sheep that naturally tend to wander off. He said we have left all God's path to follow our own way. So every time we wander off, we're losing our sense of direction. We're going our own way. And the Bible says we're just like sheep. And not only do we lose our direction, you can write this down. Number two, we lose our protection. Because as I told you earlier, sheep are vulnerable. In fact, when you think about sheep, they are the most helpless animals around. Isn't that something that God would compare us to sheep? Really, sheep are dumb animals. My goodness. God, is that what you think of us? But we just, uh, our nature is like the sheep because sheep are very vulnerable. In other words, sheep don't have sharp teeth. They don't have claws. And really, they're vulnerable to coyotes. They're vulnerable to uh, all these different animals, to wolves. Uh, really, they have no sense of protection. They can't protect themselves. They're like little cotton balls. I mean, there's nothing they could do. I mean, they're helpless. And, and that's why the Bible says, uh, or when you start reading about sheep, they need a shepherd. And the shepherd is there to protect them. The shepherd guides them and protects them. That They have this, what they call a rod. And that rod is thrown at wild animals. They have their staff that also uh, to fight off animals. I mean, the shepherd have their little sheep dogs that, that make sure they gather the sheep and make sure they protect them from this wild animal. So the shepherd is always protecting the sheep. Zechariah 10.2 said, my people are wandering like lost sheep. Without a shepherd, what? To protect them and to guide them. So the truth is, we are dependent upon the shepherd. But when we leave the shepherd's guidance, we lose his protection. And see, many times we think, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. Well, guess what? You're moving out of the protection of the shepherd. And there are rules that God places on us not to restrict us but to protect us that's why when God placed Adam and Eve in the garden he gave them freedom to do whatever they wanted to do just make sure he goes the the rule is don't eat the fruit that is there because that is when you're going to lose the protection that is when you're going to wander away from me just because we have the freedom to do it shouldn't mean that we should do it that means when you have freedom, you, don't, you, you should have the wisdom not to, not to say yes to everything. Because when you say yes to everything, you become a victim of the other, of other predators around you. And, and it's amazing that even the Bible says that 
that God is the good shepherd, that Jesus is the good shepherd. So the third thing, write this down. When we are, um, again, when we're lost, we lose not only our direction and protection, but we lose our potential. All of us have potential. The Bible talks about the lost coin. It talks about the woman. I, t- I shared the story earlier. She had 10 coin and she loses one of the coin. And I happen to have a coin on me. I think somebody did. They gave me this coin. And here is this quarter right here. This is the American coin. And it has value. Am I right? If you get enough of these coins, it can really begin to add up. I mean, I have a bunch of coins. And I know when, whenever I turn them in, we, we, my wife and I save a lot of coins. And there's been times where we'll have $800 of coins. I don't know how much we have right now. We've got to turn those in. Oh, baby. Is that going to for me or who's that for? That's for whoever. Okay, so we got all these coins. And, and again, uh, these coins right here, this money can feed a family. If you get enough of these coins, you can help build a business. If you get enough of these coins, you can help take care of something because these coins have potential. But if they're lost, they can't be utilized. If you lose the coin, the potential is still there. But you can't utilize the potential. If it's lost, it still has its worth. It's worthwhile, but it's wasted when it's lost. When your life is not in tune with the plan of God, you have great potential. But if you're lost, you're worthwhile, but it's wasted. All of us have potential that God has put in us. Some of us don't realize the potential that you have in God. Some of us don't realize that you have gifting, you have things in your life that God wants to use, and yet we, it's wasted because we've allowed ourselves to be disconnected from God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, that no one has ever seen or heard or even imagined the wonderful thing that God has prepared and arranged for them that love to him. I'm here to tell you that if you're not connected with God, you're, you're operating on plan B, C, D, and F. I don't want to be on plan B. I want to be on plan A. I want to be connected with God. What does God have for my life? Right? Ephesians 3.20 said, God can do anything you know Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dream. He does it not by pushing us around, but by his power working within us. So when you get plugged into the power source, man, I'm telling you, you're not wasted. You're using your potential. And I'm here to tell you today, it is like having a toaster. A toaster is great if it's sitting there, but unless you plug it in, it's not going to work for nothing. A lot of us this morning need to get plugged into the Holy Ghost. We need to get plugged into God today. The fourth thing is this. I need to move very quickly here. The fourth thing is this. When we lose or when we're lost, we also not only lose our potential, but we lose our joy. The Bible says this lost son thought he was going to have it his own way, do his own thing, but he ended up lonely and miserable. Look at what it says in Luke 15, 14. It says the younger son wasted all that he that had been given to him, and eventually it said he became miserable and he became lonely. 
when you walk away from God, you're going to lose your real joy. You're going to find all these things that you thought can fulfill your life. Man, they don't get After a while, it gets boring. It, it may fulfill you for a minute or two. It may bring you a little bit of joy. How many know alcohol, man, you can get drunk, but you'll find that your sorrows can swim, right? And they swim right back to the top. They come right back. Uh, they come, you know, they're backstroking in, in your mind, in your heart. Uh, they come right back because, friend, uh, you'll never have the joy and the peace that God can give you. And here's this last thing that I want to say concerning what we lose. We lose our home in heaven. See, God has in store for us this home in heaven if we're connected with him. And when we're lost, we lose that. There's no disobedience or, or people that are disconnected from God that are going to be in heaven. See, you could choose what you want to do. I, told, I, I said this earlier, but you don't choose the consequences. You could choose whatever you want to do. You could do whatever you want to do. You could, you could do whatever you want with your life, but you don't choose the consequences. It's like, you know, you can eat whatever you want. You can get, eat all the chocolate and all the bad food, but guess what? The, the consequences you don't choose. Obesity, obesity, diabetes, right? All that stuff happens, right? You can go out and be sexually promiscuous, but the consequences of STD and everything else can happen, right? You can go out and drink your life away, but man, what about the DUI and alcoholism, all that stuff and all that abuse? So you don't choose the consequences. You can choose what you want. Look at what the Bible says. We lose our home in heaven when we choose to disobey God and move away from God. Look at what it said. Do you not know in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. No, don't, don't let somebody not lie to you. Neither the sexually immoral people, anyone that's sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, it said, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you. Thank God that's what you were, but you're not any longer. But you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. And so all three stories, uh, again, have one thing in common, uh, and that is they were all lost. They all made their choices, but thank God uh, they were found. Uh, and no matter how lost you are, you do not lose your value. I said no matter how lost you are, you are valuable to God. Does the sheep lose its value when it's lost? No. Does the coin lose its value when it's lost? No. Does, does, does a person lose its value when they're lost? No. You ever lost a child? You don't say, well, you know what? I have another one. That's not how it works, right? It doesn't work like that. So can I tell you something? If someone calls you lost, if somebody says you're lost, can I just tell you it's kind of a compliment because it means you're valuable enough to be found. It means you have value. I said you have value. See, you can misplace your glasses, or you can misplace a bobby pin, but you lose your glasses. You can misplace a comb, but you lose your hair. Am I right? That's more important. So I'm here to tell you, we can misplace a lot of things, but really, you don't lose your value. 
Somebody gave me a $20 bill earlier. Let me see if I can find it here. Where did I put that $20 bill? Hold on a sec. I'm sorry. Here it is. Oh, you did. All right. So here's this $20 bill, right? If I crumbled this $20 bill like this, I'm not going to spit on it, but if I did spit on it, and if I got the $20 bill and I just stomped on it like I'm doing here, am I right? So here it is right here. Is it still, does it still have its value? Does anybody want the $20 bill? Okay, come get it. It's your $20 bill. There you go. Well, here it is right here. Got to move faster. You snooze, you, you lose. So if you're fast enough, you get it. So here's what I want to say to you guys. Here's what I want to say to you guys. Is I want to say to you that many of us this morning, that's what happened in our lives. Somebody you love stomped on you. Somebody you love, man, uh, crushed you. Somebody you love said some words to you. But I'm here to tell you, no matter what they said or did to you, you are valuable to God. You are valuable to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And here's what I want to say. Here's the whole story in Luke chapter 15. Let me read this to you. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, likewise, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous men who need no repentance. There is no more joy in heaven than one person who was lost and who's been found and has given their life to Jesus. You, you, want, you want heaven to roar? Reach somebody for Jesus. You want heaven to roar? You want heaven to have a party and a celebration today? Can I tell you something? When somebody gets saved and give their life to Jesus, that's a celebration. That's a roar, man. And that's what this church is about. It's about reaching people for the kingdom of God. And we're willing to do whatever we can to reach those that are lost. Paul the Apostle said it this way. I love what he said. I can't read the whole scripture, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he goes, So though I am free from all, I have made my servant to all. In other words, I'm a slave to those that he goes, To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. He said, To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though myself not being under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. In other words, I'm willing to do whatever I can to win and reach the loss. I'm willing to do whatever I can. How many of us, we could just marvel at the love of God because he reaches the loss. How many thank God for that? Look at what it says in 1 John 3, 1. See how much, see how very much our father loves us. He calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world do not recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. So let me just kind of bring this to a close here because I want to kind of share our mission as the church and why we do what we do and why we want to reach the lost. Are you ready for this? Uh, number one, write this down. Our mission to the lost is above the comfort of those in the congregation. So what I mean by that is our mission to reach the lost is above our comfort. So our mission isn't to make you comfortable. Our mission is to reach those that are lost. Are you with me this morning? And sometimes it's going to make those who are comfortable uncomfortable. 
We have to say change is my friend. You got it. And so we have to be willing this morning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. So I'm going to say this to you. About 20 years ago, we began to make changes here in our church. And it made a lot of people uncomfortable. A lot of people were just not comfortable with the upgrades, uh, upgrading our building, modernizing some things, our music, our sound. I remember when I first started uh, uh, preaching and at first uh, being here in the church, I remember that I, I, I was the guy singing. I was the guy that led worship. There was one guy singing and a, and a band. There was not a team. There were no lights. There was not a screen. In fact, we had a little overhead over here that we would just kind of put up, and, and that, that was it. And we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. We had to make changes. We had to make it, we have to make an upgrade. We had to modernize some things. I mean, people are mad. How come you're not leading worship anymore? Listen, my goodness, man. You know how much it is, how much it takes out of me to lead worship and preach? They didn't care. They wanted me to be the one leading worship. And some people left. As soon as we started making upgrades, as soon as we added light to the platform, well, how are we going to have a live stream if they can't see you up here? How are we going to see what's going on up here if we don't have lights up here? People get mad over the lights. They're going to they're be surprised when they get to heaven. There's going to be all kinds of lights, man, everywhere, beaming everywhere. And, and we got together a number, a group of people in our church that, you know, we, we got to do whatever we can to reach the lost. And some churches this morning, they won't change anything. The furniture is still 1950s. If, if, until 1960s, all these different things. I mean, if we went back to the 50s, some churches right now would be in style because they're more comfortable with their old than they are with what God wants to do for the future. And some of you might have attended those churches. I, I, I've been around some churches where, you know, they don't want to change the carpet. They don't want to change this. And the sad truth is many churches prioritize tradition and maintaining their tradition than reaching their grandchildren in the next generation. And we made a decision that we're not going to do that. And I'll be honest with you. There were years ago, I, I used to have, to, I thought that you had to wear a suit and tie in order to preach. Fact. There's pictures of me in suit and tie. Some of you guys remember that. I wouldn't have nobody. You couldn't preach in my church unless you had a suit and tie. There was just something about it. It was godly, I guess. You had to wear a suit and tie. You know, unless you, I wouldn't allow anyone on the platform with tennis shoes. Those are, you have to be willing to be, you have to be willing to change some things. Are you with me? You know, it, it, it was a, we used to have, you couldn't be in ministry unless you were six months saved. I remember I was five and a half months saved. The guy said, nope, yeah, you're two weeks off. You can't join ministry. Really? Five and a half, you know, two weeks? Nope, can't make it, dude. Got to do your time. You're not in yet. I, I, I was, I'll be honest. Even as the pastor, as we begin to make changes here in the church, even as things began to upgrade, I, I was not comfortable with cameras and tripods and said, you know, what is this, a movie studio? What are we doing here? And I said, Pastor, we're going to reach people. Uh, it, we just can't reach people here. We got to reach people outside. We got to do it. So it used to be the way the church operated it wasn't purposely. And I've said this before. When people would come to church, they had to believe in God. Second thing is they had to behave. And then when they started behaving, then they could belong to the church. 
And I believe God began to really flip that whole thing around. And I said, no, we're not going to do that no more. When people come to the church, they belong here, number one. They just belong. They're going to belong. We're going to believe God. We're going to pray for them that they start believing. And then when they start believing, they're going to start behaving. And they're going to become what God called them to be. Come on. That's a good thing. When we, when we say that we accept people, we accept everyone that comes in here. Doesn't mean we endorse what they're doing, but we accept them. Amen. We receive them into this house. They said, we, you belong here, and we're believing God. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus did a lot of uncomfortable things. And he, he was really, when he did things, uh, he didn't care what the people were thinking. He was trying to minister and reach the lost. He heals somebody on the Sabbath. They go, I can't believe he's working on the Sabbath. Will you believe that? He heals somebody. My goodness, we're not supposed to lift a hand on the Sabbath. He's talking to a Samaritan woman. Can you believe Jesus is talking to a woman? He's a rabbi. And he's talking to a Samaritan. Jews don't talk to Samaritan women. And do you know she's had five husbands? And she's shacking up with a guy right now. And Jesus is talking to her at the well. There's something wrong with that man. Right? And then what's the other story? Where they bring that woman, I've said it, where they bring that woman caught in adultery. You go, man, we need to stone her right now. Here, Jesus, here's the big stone. You start it off and we'll follow. And what did Jesus said? Man, he that without sin cast the first stone, right? He forgives this woman. And then what about when he heals that guy that's blinded? He spits on the floor. He makes some mud pies. Remember that? And he puts it on his eye. That's making the comfortable uncomfortable. Because God doesn't always work the same. God does supernatural. And we got to be willing. See, in this church, we got to be willing to go above and beyond to reach the lost. Whatever it takes to reach the lost, short of sin, short of compromising the gospel, we're going to do everything we can to reach the lost. Can you say amen? So what we, what we are, we want to pursue with, not just death. We, we get people sometimes that say, well, you know what? We need to go deeper. You need to get deeper in the word. And some people that say that, they, they're, they're not even that deep themselves. But they want, I believe going by with. We want to reach. We want to leave, leave the 99 and reach the, the one. Uh, we want to go out and above and beyond to reach other people for the kingdom of God. We need to, People say, well, stop focusing on reaching people. Take people deeper. But the Bible tells me that there's more of a celebration of reaching one that is lost than the 99 that are here. And so we have to be willing to go above and beyond. And that means not just reaching a certain people, it's reaching all kinds of people. In other words, this is not a Latino church, okay? This is not one of these churches where we only reach one kind of people. God has called us to reach all kinds of people from different backgrounds and different ethnic groups. And different social economic backgrounds. Are you with me? We don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, uh, any of those things. We don't care what your political party is today. We believe the gospel is for you. We want to reach people for the kingdom. See, there, there are some issues sometimes that the church and people are making issues out of things that are secondary issues. Have nothing to do with reaching people. And I love the way Paul, I have to move quickly. I have so much here. I'm just going to have to read this last verse to you because I think it's so important what, what Paul the Apostle said in Romans chapter 14. He said, except other believers who are weak in faith, don't argue with them about what they think is wrong or right or right or wrong. 
For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. So we have some vegetarians. That's all right. And those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain food but not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. So Paul is saying, I'm not making a big deal out of secondary convictions. He goes, you know what? Something, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we're reaching people for the kingdom of God. I said, we're reaching people for the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 15, we should not make it difficult. It says for the Gentiles or even the Jews who are turning to God. You know, that ought to be our phrase. Stop making it difficult for people to get saved and do what you can to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do uh, go above and beyond. Now, we care about social issues. We care about all these different things. But I'm telling you this morning, some of us are so caught up in political issues and social issues. Those are secondary to the gospel. The gospel is primary. We want to reach people for the kingdom of God. And God wants to use you today to reach someone, your friends, your coworkers. Stop making it difficult for people to get saved. When they walk in here, don't check them out up and down. Welcome to the house of God. So what if they don't look like you? So what if they don't come from your background? So what if they're not your ethnic group? Man, we welcome them to the house of God because they belong here. Can you say amen? I can have the worship team come up. I'm here to tell you today, God is the God that reaches. And we're supposed to be believers that are willing to go whatever it takes to reach the loss. And so this morning, if you're listening online, you're in this building, I believe God wants to reach you in this building right now. Why don't we bow our heads in reverence to the Lord real quick. Bow our heads, close our eyes for just a moment. Holy Spirit, I thank you today for your word. I thank you today, God, that you're so good, that you, you gave up heaven for God so loved the world that, God, you gave your only son. That whoever believes in you will not perish, but have everlasting life. So God, you went out of your way to reach us. You went out of your way to reach us that have strayed away, have been lost. But God, we're so valuable. God, the human soul is the most valuable thing on earth today. God, people's lives. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray today, all over this building, all over this place right now, even those that are watching online, God loves you. And God wants, is reaching out to you by his Holy Spirit this morning. So if you're in this room, the most important part of this service, and I'm honest today, believe me when I say this, the most important part of this service is you. You're lost and you don't even know it because if you don't have Jesus in your life, you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you are lost. You're disconnected from God. But today you can come home. Today you can be found. Today the Father's waiting for you. He's reaching out to you. You're watching online as well. God's reaching out to you right now. And so we don't want you to leave this place lost. You belong here. You've been found today. His Holy Spirit is reaching out to you right now. This morning if you're in this room, you say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. Man, I, I want to be found. I'm one of those lost people that you're talking about. I'm lost. I'm just like that, that kid when I, when I went to that cop and said, man, I'm lost. And he directed me where I could be found 
I want to give you direction today. I want to point you to Jesus. And you've been found today. If that's you, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. Just raise your hand real quick. Is there anyone here? God bless you. Thank you, brother. Back over there. Thank you, man. God's waiting for you. Who else? Another person here. Who else? Several people here. You, you didn't know what kind of service you were coming to today, but I'm here to tell you the priority is you. God wants to reach you this morning. His love, his grace is reaching out to you. Is there anyone else? Right now, you just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. I need the Lord in my life. Raise your hand if you haven't raised it up already. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Perhaps you were walking with God one time, at one time in your life, but you're away from God, and you need to come home. You need to come home. You need to rededicate your life right now. Raise your hand. Who are you? Say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Is there anyone at all right now? We want to pray for you. If you're online, we want to pray for you this morning. Just let us know. Somebody else. God bless you. Who else? Who else? Who else? Thank you. Who else? Who else? Thank you. Praise the Lord. I want you to do me a favor today. You raise your hand. Look up at me real quick. You mean that? You mean that? You mean that over here? I want you to just come. Stand right here. Just come. Don't, don't be afraid. I'm here to pray for you. Just come. We're, just come. Stand right here. You, anybody can come with them. If you brought them... Come with them. Back over here. Amen. God bless you, brother. Who else? Who else? Come on. Just come with them, man. Just come with them. Several people. God bless you. People are coming forward. Come on. We're clapping for you, man. We're clapping for you. All of heaven. All of heaven. Amen. You can face me. You can face me. Anybody else? Anybody else? Several people are coming. Thank God. That's what it's about. Reaching people. I said it's about reaching people with the gospel this morning. God bless all of you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? We're so glad you're here. We're glad you're here. We're, we, you're welcome here today. You belong here. You belong. Why don't we all stand up? You guys are too comfortable. You need to be, you, 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 you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable this morning. So we're going to pray. We're going to believe God with you this morning. I want you to just bow your head with me right now. and Close your eyes. Those that came up here, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to give you the words, but I want you to mean it from your heart today. Mean it from your heart. Say these words, not to me, but say it to God. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new person change my life I give my life to you from this day forward I will serve you in Jesus name Amen Hey thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount If you want to stay connected follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com 